0: Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. CHAPTER THIRTY Billy and Jordan crouched behind the office. They watched as Walt sat on top of the bus, his back to them. When they were sure that Nicole had settled in from her watch and was asleep, they made their move. Billy watched Jordan slink off into the dark. They had agreed that he would wait a few minutes, and then he would go, so as not to run the risk "'of making too much noise. "'As Billy sat in the dark "'behind the camp office, "'he smiled. "'He had kissed a girl, "'and she had kissed him back. "'He felt a wave of renewed embarrassment "'wash over him as he thought about it. "'He came around in the dark, "'and there was Jordan. "'They could not risk talking, "'and before he knew what was happening, "'she had grabbed him and kissed him. "'He kissed her back,' But it was awkward and strange, and he knew he wasn't doing it right. They mostly just sat together and stared at the stars. As they relaxed in each other's arms, their kisses became more natural. Billy thought he was finally getting the hang of it when Jordan pulled away from him. With a final kiss, she slunk off into the darkness toward her sleeping bag. As she disappeared into the dark, a wave of euphoria swept over him. That feeling did not leave him, as minutes later he crept back into his own sleeping bag. It took him a long time to get to sleep, but when he did, he dreamed of her. As the sun rose, everyone began to stir. Billy lay in his sleeping bag and stared up at the sky. He had a girlfriend. Every time he thought about it, a big smile broke out on his face. He knew he would have to watch that around Paul, but he could do it. He wished Paul would let Jordan hang around him, but it was fun having their own little secret, too. His thoughts were interrupted when he heard Paul calling for Jordan. He sighed, knowing that for the rest of the day he would not be able to have any time with her. Still, thoughts of last night would get him through. As Paul continued to call for his daughter, His voice took on a level of concern that caused Billy to sit up and look around. As Nicole, Sam, and Walt loaded up the vehicles, Paul came rushing over. Hey, Nicole, I can't find Jordan, he said. Nicole closed the trunk on the GTO and looked at Paul. Well, I'm sure she's around here, probably went off to use the bathroom, or Paul cut her off. She wouldn't go alone, and I've checked the bathrooms everywhere. I can't find her. Paul said. Nicole put a hand on his shoulder and tried to calm him down. "It's okay. We'll all look. We'll find her." You know how kids are," she said. Paul nodded and tried to control his fear. Nicole turned to Walt and Sam. "Grab your guns, guys. We'll spread out and canvass the whole area, just to be sure," she said. Walt and Sam nodded and reached for their rifles. Billy finished rolling up his sleeping bag and tied it off. He saw the others approaching. Paul came up to him. Hey, Billy, you haven't seen Jordan this morning, have you? He said. Billy shook his head. No, Mr. Baxter, is everything all right? Paul looked away. I can't find her. She may have wandered off, he said. Billy looked over to where her sleeping bag still lay on the ground. I'll help you look for her, Mr. Baxter, Billy said. Paul nodded and the two joined in the search with Nicole, Sam, and Walt. They spent an hour going through trailers, kicking open bathroom stalls, and calling out Jordan's name to no avail. Trouble is, even with all the trailers, there just isn't that many places to hide or get lost, you know, Walt said. Why would she hide from me? Paul said, glaring at Walt. Walt's face sunk. "'Oh, oh no, man, I didn't say she was hiding from you. I was just—' Walt let his words trail off. Before Paul could lose it at the thought of more gruesome propositions, Nicole cut in. "'There's no sign of attack, and I don't smell anything. If it was the dead, they wouldn't just wander off,' Nicole offered. Paul rubbed his head. He was about to speak when Sam's cry cut across the campground. "'Over here!' At his voice, They all took off running. Sam pointed down. The ground was soft, and imprinted in the soil were a set of boot prints. I followed them to a bunch of trees behind the office. From there they lead back here, Sam said. Nicole looked at the tracks that made a circuitous route to the trees and back again. She began to follow them as they led away. The tracks led back to the highway and stopped at the edge of the road. We don't know for sure that that someone took her. I mean, we had a watch all night, Paul said. We had a watch, but it was dark, and we were looking for things that weren't trying to be quiet, Sam said. Nicole bent down and picked something off the ground. Paul came over and looked at it. Oh, my God, that's Jordan's beret. What are we going to do? How did someone get her? He said. Billy stared at the boot prints and did not want to think about what they meant. He recognized the soul. This morning he was glad he and Jordan had a secret, but now he knew he could not keep quiet. A man, a bad man, named Dermot Mulney has her, and I know where he lives, Billy said. All eyes turned to Billy. How do you know that? Paul said, hope and fear colliding in his voice. Billy looked up from the boot prints into Paul's face. I'm sorry, Mr. Baxter. Jordan and I liked each other. Last night, we snuck out of our bags and met behind the office. We just wanted Paul cut him off. You led my daughter away into the darkness, Paul said, as Billy took a step back. Nicole came up and got between them. Okay, take it easy. Let him finish, she said. Nicole put her hand gently on Paul's chest and pushed him back a step. I'll kill you, you little, Paul said. His voice raised, his face contorted. "'Paul, let's hear what he has to say, okay?' Nicole said again. Her tone was now more of a command. Paul's eyes burned at Billy, but he quieted down. Nicole looked at Billy. "'Go on, Billy, tell us what you think happened,' she said. Billy took a deep breath and looked at the faces of the group all staring back at him. All the good feelings from last night were gone and he felt like he was back to being William. He wanted to run and hide, to disappear, but he knew there was now more at stake than his own fear. Jordan was gone, probably more afraid than she had ever been in her whole life, and he knew where she was. Of course he did. It was his fault. He knew that the first second he saw those boot prints in the dirt. When you guys picked me up, I was running from a guy named Dermot Malnate, He was nice to me at first, but then he wasn't, Billy said, his words faltering. It's okay, Billy. Just tell us what happened. Anything you know will only increase our chances of getting Jordan back safely. Go on, Nicole said. Billy took another breath. He kept me in a cage in his basement. Paul's cry cut him off. Oh, Jesus! Nicole ignored Paul. It's okay, Billy. Why did he keep you in a cage? She said. Billy looked at her. He said anybody could kill something they didn't have feelings for, but it took somebody special to kill somebody they loved, Billy said. Paul rushed at Billy. You killed my daughter! You killed my... Jordan! He said, reaching for Billy, even as Nicole and Sam held him back. Sam and Walt led Paul away as Nicole continued to talk to Billy. So he wasn't going to kill you right away. He held you for a while, she said. Billy nodded. I lost track of time, but he kept me locked up for a long time. I finally got away. I tried to stab him, but I only hurt him. I ran away, and you found me. I saw him in the woods watching me when you took me with you. Paul went ballistic again. You knew he was following us and you didn't say anything? How? Nicole spun around and looked at Walton. Sam. Sam, take Paul over there until we can get this sorted out, please, she said. Walt and Sam led an inconsolable paw farther away. Nicole turned back to Billy. "'Billy, if he kept you in the cage and you lost track of time, that would have to be a while, right?' she said. Billy nodded. "'Yes, ma'am. He didn't try to kill me right away. I don't know when he would have done it had I stayed around. I just knew he meant what he said, and—' Billy's words trailed off. Nicole stooped down, put her hands on Billy's shoulders— and looked him in the eyes. It's okay, Billy. You're doing really good. You have told us that Jordan is still alive. There's just one more thing I need to ask you. You said you escaped. Do you think you could find the place where he held you? Could you show us where he took you? She said. Billy looked into her eyes. Yes, ma'am. I could do that, Billy said. Sam, Walt, and Paul all looked up at Nicole as she approached. There's every chance that she's still alive. Billy says this Dermot Malney kept him locked up for a while. Enough for him to lose track of the days, she said. Paul's face took on a pleading look. Does the kid know where this monster held him, he said. Nicole nodded. He says it was two towns over from Woodford, a town called Bay City. Says he thinks he can find the house where Mulney lived, Nicole said. Paul stood up straighter and wiped his face. Well, let's go, he said. Nicole nodded. We'll take the GTO. It'll be faster. Our stuff should be okay, she said. Who gives a damn about our stuff? All that matters is Jordan, Paul said. Nicole looked at Paul. Of course, Paul. We're going to get her back, Nicole assured him. Billy, you ride up front with me. Call out when you think you're sure, Nicole said, as she jumped behind the wheel. Two hours later, they were in Bay City. They cruised neighborhood after neighborhood. Billy scanned every house, but he could not be sure. Bay City was an older township, and all the houses were large and built the same. As they cruised the streets, the dead wandered in yards and alleyways. Several times, Nicole was forced to hit the gas and speed away from those that tried to get at them. See anything yet, Billy? Nicole said for perhaps the tenth time. Billy was silent only shook his head as he continued to scan the houses on either side. In the back, Paul was beside himself with stressed anticipation. "'Are you sure this is the right town, Billy? I mean, if you're wrong—' Nicole cut him off. "'Paul, he's trying. Give him a chance,' she said. Paul slumped back in his seat. Nicole turned down one street and started up the next. "'This is the third neighborhood we've tried, Billy. Does anything look—' Billy jumped forward. "'There!' I remember that was hanging on the porch, he said. He pointed at a house that looked like every other house. Hanging on the porch was a hummingbird wind chime, tinkling softly in the breeze.